Hello listeners. Lean-in is a pretty thought-provoking read. It's more a movement than just a book. Much of what Sheryl Sandberg shared in her this 2013 work continues to resonate deeply with women the world over to this day. I am Madhvi Ravanan, an engineering leader at Nokia. It's the 10x growth strategies podcast. We'll be meeting Jayashree Rajagopalan, my longtime friend and now a senior manager of software development at Amazon Music. So let's hear what Jayashree has to say about Lean In and how she indeed is leaning in. Hi Jayashree, great meeting you here. Hey, same here Madhavi. Okay, pleasure. So how did you find uh, Lean In Jayashree? What sort of audience do you think will benefit from reading that book? actually i uh, bumped into heral's tech talk first i was actually hosting an international women's day event for my org and i was looking for a very uh, inspirational talk i bumped into her uh, tech talk and i found it very inspirational very practical and relatable uh, this was like 3 to 4 years ago and uh, after that i got introduced to her book and i read her book this book is i would say is a very much needed motivator for every woman who is aspiring to be successful in career uh, in fact this book should be read by everyone in career both men and women and uh, the best audience for this book i would say would be someone uh, somebody uh, who is starting their career especially new women who is starting their career okay awesome thanks jeshri yeah i i also watched her ted talk i think a couple of years ago but i had read the book in 2014 yeah amazing book i would say now uh, you know let's let's start with uh, women's career and career growth uh, jeshri now sheril makes a number of points on this topic right she says for one we should look at our careers more as a jungle gym and not as a ladder right because in a jungle gym model you know you can take occasional dips detox even be faced with dead ends at times but still you will be able to forge a unique path for yourself and you will derive greater fulfillment as against the traditional ladder model right that's one point that she makes and then she says women do not pursue high beta opportunities high beta opportunities are opportunities that come with high risk and high rewards Uh, third point and most important one i would say is women are more reluctant to apply for promotion even when they know they deserve it right uh, she sort of equates this to what's called as the uh, tiara syndrome the tiara syndrome is when uh, women put down their head and focus on their work assuming that if they keep doing their work somebody or the other would recognize and you know place a tiara on their head only that sadly there's no tiara floating around in the workplace right so these being her messages and you know i for a fact know that uh, uh, soon after engineering you started your career with robert bosch you were i think building telecom products there then you got married couple of years later you got married shifted to the us you uh, you did masters there worked there for some time you were back in india then worked at couple of companies and maybe 5 6 years ago you joined amazon and you know you are now part of amazon music and music happens to be your uh, uh, passion your at the intersection of uh, music and technology and i'm sure you are in your zone right so this being your journey and considering sheril's messages on career growth for women on looking back do you think it's been a jungle gym for you or was it a ladder for you number 2 
do you think you have pursued high beta opportunities during your this path number 3 do you also actively advocate for yourself do you actively apply for your own promotions you know talk about it jeshi i am just curious to know how these relate to you in the context of your journey yeah uh, this tiara syndrome is a very interesting point that sheril uh, makes uh, in my opinion right this uh, whole tiara syndrome has uh, as two aspects to it i mean two reasons why that might happen one is a deep rooted hard wired social stereotyping where women are kind of considered nurturers whereas uh, men are considered to be protectors and hunters right even from stone age uh, they used to be hunters and gatherers and women used to be nurturing and they were satisfied with what they get and they were happy with managing even when they don't have it right so this is the typical mindset even even later when you saw there were men were warriors women were still taking care of home of course there were exceptions so you may argue that we are not in stone age and we are in the 21st century now but why i'm making this point is because the hard wired nature of this foundational aspect uh, has a greater impact in how society perceives women in career and also how most women think about their priorities so they they always think that they needs will be taken care they were in that mode they were hardly exposed to challenges which would actually make them acquire those uh, things that they need right so that was that is one aspect and the second is as sheril mentions women tend to be less aspirational that is not because they are incompetent that is because they don't really want to shake the balance the delicate balance that they have set up uh, between their work and the home right so and the men being socially acknowledged as breadwinners they have the liberty to kind of shake up anything on the personal front to go behind that career opportunity this is a very hard fact so this tiara thing will that change yes it will change how it will change it will change when society really acknowledges women in career right so sheril mentions that uh, the change will happen when uh, there is a bigger representation of women in power i would advocate we need to have a bigger representation of women in workforce at least 50% so it should become a norm so that um, the society and this general uh, the attitude of people gets adjusted to this particular norm so that's that's one aspect of it yeah typically it has been a career growth has been a jungle gym for women whereas it is a ladder for men but if you ask me this is changing how it is changing uh by true partnership i would say um, one of the critical piece of advice by sheril is like choose your partners wisely they have to be true partners in this current generation with this true partnership people are able to kind of manage their support system very well enabling both their careers so it the jungle gym kind of becomes pyramid like gym where they have to be in the delicate balance at some stage of their life and at some stages they can actively pursue their career growth so that would be my thought process when it comes to me personally yes i have been in stage of my life where i had slowed down i had really taken it slow so this was when my first daughter was born and she was an infant and when when i know at that point i had not figured out the right child care support system but when i actually had figured out the right support system and i know that it will not fail i had really reached out for opportunities i have raised my hand i have reached out for leadership roles i have expanded the scope of my work i've had active career conversations about my career growth so all this i have done 
Okay. So I was quite clear about what I wanted and I persisted on it. For example, even when, when I was a new manager, I really didn't do well in one of the employee surveys on the manager satisfaction. Many of my stakeholders, including my HR, kind of tried to persuade me to see whether is this the right fit for, for me? Should I consider the IC role, go back and uh, be successful there? But I persisted. I know this was a growth area. I need to work on those skills and kind of grow. So that's how I, I've been determined to kind of persist on what I wanted to be and how I grew. And I can also cite another example where when I really wanted a change and I wanted to move away from my comfort area and I had an opportunity with Amazon, which is completely different from the domain I was working till then. There were ex-colleagues who were kind of uh, discouraging me to do this leap. They were giving citing examples of the work culture in Amazon, the notorious articles from New York Times and, and kind of discouraging me is that I may not be able to cope up there. So what I did was I did my homework. I spoke to a couple of insiders, understood the work culture, how they are coping up. And I was completely convinced and I took the leap and now I don't look back. Awesome. Awesome. Quite an inspiring journey you've had, Jeshi. Thanks for that, uh, you know, detailed view of all that you've gone through. Certainly very inspiring. Now, you mentioned one point, you sort of had to slow down when your daughter was born, right? Now, around that, Cheryl makes a point. Now, what she says is typically women tend to start applying breaks on their careers soon after they find a partner or soon after they get married, right? With the thought of, you know, upcoming familial responsibilities and upcoming uh, child, thought of having a child soon. So her point is you don't necessarily have to slow down that early. You know, if you slow down so much in advance, soon after you find a partner, you don't need to slow down. You can rather keep pedaling on, keep accelerating on your careers until the time you are faced with the challenging phase of your life, you know, until the time a child really arrives into the equation, right? She says, after that, you can find a way around, you know, that will be more uh, helpful for your career growth than slowing down too much in advance. So in your case, I can understand you did slow down when the child arrived. But what do you see in the women of today, Jayshree? I'm sure given you are a leader in the engineering organization that you are in, what do you see in the women of uh, uh, today against Cheryl's this observation of women slowing down too much in advance? Is this still a continuing trend or you know, have we already come out of uh, this? This is an uh, excellent piece of advice from Cheryl, I would say. One of my key takeaways from uh, from the book, Madhvi. Yes, I did slow down. <laughs> if I look back, I feel it is silly. When I was planning my child and uh, I was contemplating on a job switch, the priorities for me at that point in time were having a daycare in office, my commute time, etc., so, which at this point, when I, when I think about it, it sounds really ridiculous to me because at end of the day, I did not even use the daycare in the office, kind of settle down with something near the home. It is very true. We don't really have to slow down until it is necessary, right? So, you don't have to decelerate until it's absolutely necessary. I think the current generation, they are very clear about their priorities. The expectant mothers in my team, they definitely have, are very clear about 
what they want to achieve they have active conversation with me around what is the scope of their role that's going to be pre and post maternity and what is their career growth looking like and stuff like that which i think is a very welcome change and i really encourage that and i also scope out the right relevant work for the deserving individual so that they are not slowed down and maternity is just a short break to them awesome great that's certainly great to see i think i see the pattern in in the colleagues that i come across as well both in my team and outside of my team and elsewhere in the industry that's a, a fantastic change to see happening around us uh, jeshri i'll move on to another uh, interesting uh, observation or experience that sheril shares she says that uh, career women on the home front they tend to compare themselves with other homemaker women who may be excelling at running a household to perfection right and at the workplace they would tend to compare themselves with men who may be doing better than themselves so this is like a multi edged sword for working women right so you know have you gone through this sort of uh, comparison and feeling let down sort of emotional uh, stages in your career so if that does happen how do you get yourself out of it uh, jeshri what's your trade secret to stop comparing yourself to perfectionists on the home front who are homemakers and maybe perfectionists at uh, uh, work who are probably doing better than you talk about it yeah <laughs> marvi uh, i would say it is like uh, if you are passionate about something you become perfect for example cooking is not my passion so i don't really invest time in uh, doing those new delicacies or baking a cake for a birthday or kind of surprising my kids in with something new in their lunch box i really envy those mothers in both working as well as at home mothers who have that personal touch who take that time to do it and they make their the kids lunch boxes always look yummy right so if i feel my kids like something i would rather buy uh, than make it so that is how i am how i'm able to manage this is like i make my kids self driven like i want them to manage their homework schedules their test schedules and preparation for that on their own in fact i also want them to watch their circulars and come back to me if i miss something or come back they come back to us only when they are not able to solve something or a parent intervention is absolutely necessary so that's that's the kind of model i i operate in and in that due course i i really do not follow what is happening in all in the school whatsapp groups i don't really volunteer for events that happen in school fortunately my kids are fine with it well there are certain expectations that are set for example nothing can be demanded in the last minute and the things have to be told in advance and by any chance if i fail to make that commitment even after an advance notice i completely own it and i kind of fix it for example there are days where i i i was not able to get that geometry box or the world political map that was needed for the next day's class what i do is i make sure i procure it in the morning and drop it in the school immediately after that i have made adjustments to my business travels uh, to attend some performances in school of my daughter because that is non negotiable to her so to answer your question i don't do everything but i make sure i do whatever i'm committing to because it's uh, non negotiable okay awesome i think you have made sure your your children and your family is accepting of that stance of yours right i'm sure you are raising very independent kids jeshri congratulations on that 
Mm, yeah. Now, I have another interesting uh, uh, question for you. Uh, you know, Cheryl refers to a, a case study that's done in Columbia Business School. It's about um, a very successful venture capitalist in the Silicon Valley by the name Heidi Roizen. Her case is given to the entire B-School class. To one half of the class, her name is retained as such in the case. To the other half of the class, the name is changed to Howard Ryzen, right? So the contents of the case are same for the entire class, except for the name and gender of the uh, subject of the case itself. So after the students have read the case, you know, they are asked to evaluate the subject of the case on a number of parameters, you know, parameters like competence of the subject and, you know, likability and the student's willingness to work with that subject, etc. So when the feedback is gathered, it turns out to be an eye-opener, right? So both Heidi and Howard score equally on competence, but unfortunately on likability, Heidi scores much lesser than Howard is. Also, the students are not as willing to work for Heidi as much they are willing to work for Howard, right? So this is quite a revelation. And at the workplace, I'm sure we all need to be likable to some extent, let's say to get an intro or to be advocated for, we, we do have to be a bit likable, right? So what's your reflection on this, Jayshree? Yeah, I mean, this is a very uh, deep-rooted stereotype. As I told you earlier, women are seen as nurturers, right? So uh, we can't deny the fact that biologically women are made uh, for nurturing, right? From childbearing to uh, nursing, etc. right? So women are liked when they care more for others than their own. So this is a fact. Uh, this is deep-rooted fact. But what I would say is women need not change their character characteristic uh, to be successful. Uh, women bring, bring a lot of uh, leadership traits to the table, like women are natural multitaskers, they are collaborators, they are empathizers, they are great planners. So these are great traits that they can bring to the table, which is very important for a successful uh, organization. So right. overall, I would say what is needed is uh, you, you be yourself and uh, you do what you need. You just have to keep a check on when the natural trait of yours is kind of becoming counterproductive. You have to inter intervene at that point in time to course correct uh, to see to get the best results. For example, I'm a great collaborator. So I typically would like to collaborate. So I generally do not escalate any stakeholders about any stakeholders, right? But I, over the time, have learned to pick and choose my battles that I have to fight, which is very important for me. So what I would say is women continue to be their own, lead in their own style and make sure that their whatever they're doing is not becoming counterproductive for their own success. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. interesting, uh, uh, Jeshri. So you pick and choose areas where, you know, if your natural tendencies are blocking your growth or blocking you from reaching your goals, you, you work on those tendencies, work on changing those tendencies, else just be the way you are and bring your whole self to work, right? Amazing. Great point, Jeshri. Now, uh, next question. Do you think you have mentors at work? You know, do you have senior mentors, peer level mentors? How often do you engage with them? How did you go about finding them, right? That's number one question to you. Another related question is, do you think you have sponsors who are advocating for you? Uh, talk to me about it, uh, Jeshri. 
I've had uh, official mentors for a short duration of time, like a formal mentor for a specific purpose. And it has worked well. For example, uh, I seek out guidance to a senior leader in Amazon when I was in a crisis situation and that guidance has really helped me. So what has really worked for me is reaching out to the right people for the right level of inputs. They could be your peers, your seniors, or even your friends. But what is very important is to build the trustworthy network, right? So that's how this whole mentorship has worked for me. In this, I will agree with Cheryl that if you have the aspiration and drive towards something, you will automatically be mentored. It may not be even a formal mentor-mentee relationship, but you will definitely get that guidance towards uh, progress. From the sponsorship perspective, I never had an official sponsor, but I generally have a great trustworthy relationship with my stakeholders who advocate for my growth, right? So maybe that is what has worked so far. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So now let's talk about the home front a bit. Jeshree, you know, is, is your husband an equal partner? Let's for a moment assume he wouldn't listen to this episode so you can be as honest <laughs> and candid as you can be. <laughs> if he is an equal partner, how did he end up becoming one? If you want to share some trade secrets, you uh, do share, uh, Jeshree. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is definitely a supportive partner, Madhvi. Mm-hmm. If you, in India, fortunately, we have uh, help for this regular household chores right so which is which is taken care but the true partnership evolved when we were new parents i would say so as i had already told you when i when we were like kind of figuring out the child care support system i took a not so ideal role so i chose to work from home please remember this is almost like 15 years back hmm. where work from home was not a norm so and i took a role which would need me to work in a shift which is a 7 Uh, p.m. to like 1 a.m. in the morning and stuff like that right so my husband used to come back from office right on time and he used to take care of me take care of my daughter during that time Uh, he also used to kind of put her in a car seat and take her on long drives to put her on sleep and he kept me completely out of it so so that's how the partnership evolved and even when I put my daughter in the daycare he used to be uh, taking care of dropping her, picking her up, getting her ready for daycare and stuff like that. Generally, he's a perfectionist and he would like to dirty his hands. I mean, he will be comfortable only then. So anything that has no margin for error, for example, wealth management, tax filing or bill payments naturally becomes his job. And I take care of groceries, support staff management, home and house events, etc. And that's how we share the work. Awesome. Looks like a perfect division of labor, right? Congratulations on that. <laughs> Good. So that, those are the questions that I had for you, Jayashree. Anything else that you would like to uh, leave the listeners with? Yeah, there are three key takeaways for me from this book. One is have a seat at the table. And the second one is do not diesel rate un- until it is needed. And the third is you cannot have it all. Right. So every woman usually have too much on their plate and they are time crunched. So my advice to them is whenever you are at work, make the fullest. I mean, sit at the table and make yourself heard. For example, even in a virtual meeting, turn on your video so that your presence is felt. So which is very important. On the second aspect, we spoke about it. There are several occasions where women 
start to plan much early women are great planners and they start to plan very well ahead right so i've heard people who are in a stage maybe when when they they're going to plan their child or when their kid is in a, a critical stage like for example when their son or daughter is in 12th grade they just say oh i don't want to do any change to my career i want to maintain the status quo so my i mean men don't do that my advice to women is keep your personal and uh, professional events completely separate and uh, do not compromise on anything unless you are actually facing with that conflict and you have to take a decision at that point in time right and the third example is you cannot be perfect and you have to accept that fact to be peaceful i would say do not live a very rule book life um, it's okay if your life is clumsy at times i mean until you are in complete control of your life it's okay that you're you're not perfect at some point yeah awesome uh, beautiful messages jayshree you know learn to accept yourself the way you are however perfect or imperfect you may be right uh, fantastic takeaways that you have shared enjoyed talking to you uh, jayshree thanks for taking the time out amidst your busy schedule pleasure meeting connecting and hearing your story thank you and bye bye